Welcome in to Week Seven's edition of your Waiver Wire Breakdown. Here, the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins back with James Adams. We do it every Tuesday of the season, all season long. You can get it at InsiderFootball.com or subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, to name a few. Six weeks in the books. We'll turn our page to Week Seven for sure. But before we do that, James, I mean, goodness, man. Uh, Six weeks in, I'm sure like me, you've got some heartbreaking uh, disappointments. Some teams are starting to merge as the ones you're really dialed into, but uh, still a lot of football ahead. So we don't want to we don't want to start patting ourselves on the back too early or giving up uh, too quickly here. But we are getting a nice little take on how things are standing so far in this fantasy season. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that today, Dan, as uh, I'm kind of breaking down all my teams. I do have one one and five team that I'm not going to give up on, but, uh, you know, it's not a good-looking team. But I was thinking, you know, there there's four and two teams where I can feel very comfortable with. There's two and four teams where I could say, you know what, this team's good. Uh, I've had a bad break or two, like you say, and some close losses. And then there's going to be the opposite. Some some teams that are maybe two and four all the way up to four and two that you're like, you know what? I need to make a move, maybe even a drastic move. So it's definitely evaluation time. It's that way every week as we get together here on a Tuesday. But this time of the season, we get the biggest bye week coming up. I'm with you, man. It's definitely uh, it's it's not too early to start making some things happen. Yeah. And you mentioned that we talked about buys and starting to bite us a little bit last week. This week, the only seven week bye week of the season and some pretty good teams sitting out of action. Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, Minnesota, the L.A. Chargers and Pittsburgh to boot. And James, I'll tell you what, uh, when you play in a lot of leagues, I already found myself doing this this week. And I've been playing fantasy football a long time, but it seems like some of my teams are really challenged more than others with all these injuries. These six teams on by. Even before I can go out and hit the waiver wire, like not that I already don't sort of do this, but I'm actually setting, trying to make sure I set lineups in all my leagues right now, more even more so than normal, just so I can address what I actually might need on the waiver wire. I do that every week uh, on a Tuesday, and for that exact reason, right? Because we're going to tell you, oh, player XYZ is the number one ad that you should have in fantasy this week, but they may not be the number one ad for your team. Right, It could be a particular running back, but if your team's loaded at running back for the duration of the season, your best ad might not be that player. So I try to do that a lot, actually, just just to kind of as as I get ready to look at the waiver wire for each team, I've kind of given it a one over knowing the difference between it and the other 20 teams I was just looking at and knowing what team that team's need is. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, let's face it, you, you got more time to get into it than other weeks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you get as many teams as we've got. It's like, uh, some weeks some weeks get a little more attention than others. I'll just leave it at that, depending yep. on uh, what games we're going to, what concerts are on tap. And I got to say, I mean, this is fall, dude. I want to be outside enjoying the crisp air. It's like, I don't want to be sitting in here just yet. Wintertime, that's when I, I got plenty of time to spend on the waivers, but not the, you know, James, let's get to the point of uh, right before we turn to waivers, talk about the stuff and get ahead to what lies in week seven. Uh, we sort of got to put the finishing touches on the week that was. And as we do every week here, a little bit on the show, just sort of talking about some final observations. I'll tell you, the game I just totally missed on and just did not see coming was the way the Ravens just smoked the Chargers and. I had some uh, certainly some prop bets out there, some DFS lineups that took big hits, and it's certainly uh, a couple of my bets. And I mean, dude, it was a butt kicking. The Ravens 
offensively, though, you would think I also got a little burned in DFS using some Lamar Jackson. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just, I mean, as, as dominant as the Ravens have been, I did not expect that Ravens D to look like the Ravens D of old. In fact, I'd given up on the Ravens D and actually cut them in some places. Uh, but you know what? I mean, each week the NFL throws you some curveballs. One thing is for sure, the Ravens are obviously a solid team here and a team that is going to have fantasy production all over the place. It's not always just going to be one guy, and sometimes it's not even Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and sometimes it's not even anybody you could have fathomed having in your lineup, like their trio of running backs uh, scoring touchdowns this week. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I didn't see that coming. If you tell me the Ravens won, okay, but I did not see the way they were going to dismantle the Chargers and basically give Lamar Jackson a half a day off. I mean, got through for 160, and he only ran the ball eight times. That's not what you think would be the case when you see that stat line, but the Ravens just handed it to him. That was a surprise for me for sure. Um, I, I tell you, there were a couple surprises to me. I'll tell you that I was surprised that the Chiefs took forever to take it to Washington before they finally did. Um, I'll tell you one I was very surprised at, Dan. This is not really true. I'm not surprised. I hit all but one of my money line bets in my parlay yet again. I'm one win away from hitting it. Uh, so I hate Carolina, but that's not really besides the point because that was a close game. I was really surprised about the Patriots being able to run the football on Dallas, who had been a very good running team. I mean, if you go back to week one where the, even the uh, Bucks didn't even try to run the football on them, Harris ran the ball for over 100 yards. Even Ramon J. Stevenson got about 20-something yards after doing nothing with the ball the week before. That was, while in a loss, I think, and I know it was at home for the Pats, so like, there's a lot of reasons that you could say, oh, you would expect that from Belichick. I was kind of surprised at that, even though it was a loss. like uh, The way Harris ran the ball so well, one of the biggest surprises, there were a few other, you know, uh, things out there, but those are kind of what stood out to me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you talked about that Chiefs game. I mean, Daryl Williams saw three carries from inside the 10-yard line, and with, you know, with Edwards Hilaire out of the mix, I mean, he really emerged, I think, in that backfield. And uh, he's been a guy that's been useful in those situations, and clearly uh, for at least the next couple of weeks, I mean, he's going to be a solid fantasy plug and play, and uh, speaking of plug and plays, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones, I picked him up in a couple spots where I had John New Smith. And uh, in one case, I actually cut Smith for him. In the other case, I got Kyle Pitts already anyway, so I wasn't as concerned. But the point is, is like I was looking for some short term production and and John New Smith hasn't been getting it done. He does. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit on the show last week on Sirius XM Fantasy that at, uh, how Hunter Henry was emerging there. As long as Logan Thomas is on IR, Ricky Seals-Jones is a tight end one in season long. And I mean, this guy, he logged 141 of the 142 snaps over the last two weeks. I mean, he has been on the field. He's run around on 93% and 87% of Taylor Heineke's dropbacks in that span. And uh, I think the targets are getting there. He produced a decent stat line this week. So, Talk about a dude. Uh, I mean, I know he got picked up in some spots last week. Maybe he didn't make it through your waiver wires. Maybe he's still out there. We'll talk about that on the waiver wire report. And James, a couple of receiver notes I took. I mean, one, Robbie Anderson. They were talking him up. Sort of like the Robert, air yards. Yeah. Well, no, just sort of talk, they were talking him up before last week's game. Matt Rule. I mean, he was disgruntled. Sort of like the Robert Woods situation in LA a couple weeks earlier where we saw the 12 targets ensue afterwards. So I was actually buying into a little bit of it. Threw him in a couple of my DFS lineups because he's so cheap. He actually got dropped in my DAV 16 team league and I picked mm-hmm. him up and 
dropped my uh, backup defense I was trying to wait out on a bye with because defenses are hard to get in that league. 16 teams, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, so I made a play because I'm hurting at flex and just hoping, like, maybe I'll beat him to the waiver wire. I mean, dude, 10 catches and 29 targets over the last three weeks. So uh, I don't know. I was thinking that there would be more, but just 11 yards. I mean, if he didn't catch that touchdown over the last three weeks, he's seen 29 targets. The problem is he's caught just 10 balls for 89 yards on him, James. And that ranks pretty, that's 89th among all qualifier receivers in the yards per route realm, which you're mentioning, which is 0.75. If it, I, I just if eleven targets, like you, you would if you told me that, I'd say, yeah, put him in every PPR lineup I have. It's something good will happen. And if he doesn't, he scored a touchdown. I do believe if he doesn't, you get absolutely nothing good out of him. Eleven targets and you get nothing is crazy. He got a yard per target. Yeah, no doubt about it. So at, at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot more takeaways on it than that. Um, you know, the Bengals continue to look good. Joe Mixon was back to doing his thing. Jamar Chase continuing to light it up. And uh, so we're enjoying that. And you, you called it, my friend, uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean, gosh, with Higgins and Chase in the mix. I mean, there's just not a lot of passing volume in this one. Maybe this week because they're a seven-point dog. They'll be forced into a heavy pass attack here. But uh, the Bengals do what they want to do. I don't, there's just not enough targets for all three of them. And Boyd seems to be the odd man out with them all healthy. So mm-hmm. a little bit of drop uh, stock drop there. But all right, James, let's transition into a lot more of the bad news from the week, the injury situations. And man, talk about a team that is really hurting right now. The Cleveland Browns set to play Thursday night football. They put Kareem Hunt on IR today. Nick Chubb has been ruled out already for this week. They're hoping this 10-day rest gives him back. You got Baker Mayfield's shoulder on his non-throwing arm dangling here. <laughs> I mean, things are not looking good. Those are just three of 11 players with their uh, question and uh, status in question here just a couple days away from the kickoff to Week 7 as they play the Broncos. They need... They need Jarvis Landry back bad. Like I get, I get that going to the running back position may be where you're looking at the waiver wire. They need Landry back. Um, I honestly don't know how their line's going to stack up exactly this week. But Von Miller was asked about the Thursday night game, and he said, "I don't know who the tackle is. I'm going against, but I'm going to kill him." <laughs> I love that quote just because as Bengals fans, whatever it's against the Browns, but that's the state of the Browns right now. They are absolutely decimated with injuries. But you know what? They can't make excuses because in the same division, the Ravens are dealing with the same thing. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, there was some uh, bad news for McCaffrey owners and the Panthers alike. They put him on IR just before week six is action. So week nine, the earliest return now. And he's officially got it, James. He's officially got that injury-prone tag now hovering over him entering next year's drafts. Well, maybe that'll create value. I'll say this, though. I mean, when he got put on the IR, you're just like, wow, what are they doing? And with Chubb not going on the IR that we just talked about, it'll be interesting to see if that happens next week if he's not ready to go. We'll, we'll I think they're like, just Whoa. hoping they can get back in soon in three weeks. And especially with the soft tissue injury, it's a case-by-case basis. Yeah. And that's what we're dealing with. The Giants, they're hoping Saquon Barkley can get back for week seven here versus Carolina. He sat out last week with that ankle issue. The Giants got hammered by the Rams. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they had to go in and get that final touchdown and that two point conversion to kill my parlay by a half a point. <laughs> you know, going to I mean, dude, I lost two half point parlays. I lost the other one on the two point conversion that uh, Tampa Bay had scored against them in Thursday night's game, 
I lost a forty to one parlay. I had minus six. I had it minus six and a half on the Bucks. They they win by six because of that two point conversion. I had (laughs) under forty eight and a half in that Rams Giants one. And then of course I had three parlays just waiting for the Bills on Monday night. But I'm over being better, James. I still actually made a profit this week. It could have been an amazing week, but uh, running through the injuries elsewhere, uh, the Bears situation obviously. Montgomery, we know he's on IR. Uh, Williams was out, so we saw Herbert come in. He he really looked uh, the part. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the running back situation, still some messy things that we're looking at for this week. I mean, Chris Carson, they placed him on injured reserve. Alex Collins looks like a beast. Now he was banged up. So we're going to have to see what that looks like. Uh, they've got another tough primetime matchup against New Orleans. So I can't get too excited about that. And James... Uh, what about Michael Thomas? They're saying now, yeah, he's physically unable to perform. I mean, he's eligible to come back here soon, but it's it sounding like he's at weeks away still. So I didn't really go after him in many places. To be honest, I don't have a single season-long share of the guy outside of some dynasty leagues. Uh, but those that did, not getting him back as soon as they hoped. I got him in every one of our preseason mock drafts, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> all of our mock I have, drafts. I have a best ball team that's in second place right now that could really use him in, in one where I accidentally auto-drafted him while we were hosting a show over the weekend, too. But, yeah, I mean, look, the only time I ended up with Michael Thomas was on accident when we were, when we were hosting shows and it was an auto-draft pick. Uh, I, 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 You just, first of all, you can't go after guys that aren't available to begin the year, but that's besides the point. That's, uh, that's something to rehash again when the season starts in 2022. I mean, if you're holding out hope, you've waited this long. I hope you don't find yourself without an IR spot and needing him in this week six bye to be somebody you cut. That's just why you didn't draft him. Good luck to those who are holding out hope. But, I mean, it's not like this offense has been great without him. And Winston's thrown some touchdowns. But even in his big, like, point games for Winston, there's usually not a ton of yards. So I'm not crazy optimistic about Thomas. Although, if I had him on a team at this point with week seven looming, you've got to find a way to hold on to him now. Yeah, another receiver that could be coming back even sooner, perhaps, Jerry Judy. It's looking dicey for Week 7. He's less than a 50% chance to suit up for Thursday games, according to reports yesterday. And I I wouldn't expect him, but James, I would say there's a chance for Week Mm 8. He seems to be a little further ahead. When he comes back, though, I mean, it's not a very prolific offense anyway, so... Yes, he'll be an asset, but with Sutton in the mix and Fan, you think they like to run the ball. They're not going to put that many points up to be. There's going to be weeks where it could work out nice and weeks where yeah, maybe not so much. So I don't know, treating him as anything more than a back-end wide receiver three, getting back into the mix of things is, I think, the most optimistic outlook I would have for him. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sure, we all see the ceiling, but uh, the consistency is what I would worry about, but... There are plenty more of injuries. We'll track them for you, of course, uh, you know, throughout the week as at insiderfootball.com and certainly be talking about them. I won't be doing the Saturday show with you this week, James. It'll be you and Skeeter, but I'm sure you guys will be running through the full gamut there as well. Let's get into the waiver wire. And oh my goodness. I'm still waiting for that week where the waiver wire is like exciting and and but Aside from some plug-and-play running backs here and there that have all been really overpriced, James, uh, it's pretty much the same old, same old on the waiver wire. A lot of guys we've either talked about before. Maybe there's some dudes coming back from injury that are out there. 
there's the flavor of the week with the, you know, the running back of the hurt team. So I guess we'll start there and let's start in Cleveland where at least for week seven, it looks like the Ernest Johnson will be the team's primary ball carrier in a matchup versus the Broncos. I'm assuming uh, that, you know, they're able to, you know, they still are a favorite in this game despite the injuries. So it's dirt. If you're, I mean, if there's six teams on by and a ton of injuries at the position, there are desperate owners out there and that's going to impact how much you would recommend of that remaining fab budget on this guy. But what percent value do you put on him in terms of this week's waiver report? Gosh, as you put it, I mean, it depends on you need him. If you really need a running back, if you're like two and four and you got to get the win this week and you know, your only running back is Cordero Patterson coming back off by, assuming he's not a wide receiver. I'm just excited to see him back. Then I guess you got to go like 10, 15%. But Dan, they hope that Chubb's not back. You know, so if Chubb's not on the IR, that tells me they believe he'll be back next week. That means that Dearness Johnson's not going to provide a, a massive boost. Now, maybe Chubb re injures himself and he does. So if you're a Chubb owner and you can get him on the cheap, it's not a terrible idea. But if you don't intend to play him this week, and I don't think I'd want to. I mean, two percent, three percent. Like I'm not, I'm not blowing it on on a team's third running back when their offenses look pretty, pretty pedestrian. I think two of the last three weeks, really. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I mean, looking at the position though, and the you know, just using the Yahoo data that we do, you know, at running back, there's just not a ton there, James. That's going to be out there under that fifty percent threshold. That's worth really, you know, sitting here and, and getting people excited about. And that's okay. That's okay. You don't. That's a, that's a sign to hey, don't blow the fab, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Alex Collins is fifty nine percent at Yahoo leagues. Michael Carter is a name that interests me. I see him around the fifty two percent mark. I do see his volume going up each week. I was high on him coming into the season, but I think he is a guy that. Um, you know, and maybe even Elijah Mitchell, people gave up on him. You know, he had the bye week. We got word that uh, Jeffrey Wilson's sort of going to be late November, if at all, this season. We've seen that Trey Sermon has been passed on the depth chart here. Uh, and Jamichael Hasty, what's he going to do? Come in the mix? I mean, it's like, it's Elijah Mitchell time, baby. And we talked about it early in the preseason. Why the re- One of the reasons I was so enamored by the upside and ceiling of Trey Lance and by the way, the backfield of Mostert and Trey Sermon was that amazing schedule down the stretch the Niners have. And, you know, uh, so Elijah Mitchell and Michael Carter, they're available in more leagues than they're not right now at Yahoo. And I think, James, these are guys, if you're running back needy, that have a long term potential that I think are very much worth more of a bid than the Ernest Johnson this week. What about, and I don't disagree with that, because, again, Johnson, I mean, we expect, I mean, there's, you know, by playoff time, well, it could be just Yeah, on. but my point is, is these guys are worth some fab dollars that, because, dude, I, I could see a, definitely an outset here where Mitchell and Carter are RB2 options here in the second half of the season. Carter, yeah, I mean, that's not an offense that's I want to be assuming with, That's assuming, I'm assuming the best case scenario in each of these okay. things. Like, it's, right, Zach fair. Wilson progresses. You know, the, they get the offensive line a little more healthy than it's been. Uh, and Carter's obviously, I mean, dude, look at his game logs. It's getting a little bit better there. He's mm-hmm. certainly getting more snaps, more carries, more looks in the passing game. His buy's over with. The buy's both behind of them, actually. Yeah, both those dudes' buys are behind him. I mean, they're great yeah. buy low guys even in trades probably for that matter. 
I mean, what a, let's not get carried away here, James. I'm just saying that these are guys that yeah, I think some good things might be coming. These are these are players that uh, if they're on your waiver wire for sure, you should be looking at. And I won't disagree with that if you if you can get after them. Do you have any interest in the Ravens running backs that scored in Le'Veon Bell and uh, no. Devonta Freeman? No, because Free. they're, they're not getting what these guys are that I just talked about, which is consistent carries. We don't okay. know who the heck's going to run that football each week. Cur- Absolutely. That's very true. I mean, I don't even know what the freaking Ravens could tell you, dude. I mean, honestly. And I, and I, I will say this. Those holding out hope for Tyson Williams, I mean, he's done, dude. I mean, he's never going to be anything of a contributor this season because all three of those dudes aren't going away. Like, I would agree with that. When it was just think- Latavius Murray that I was thinking would hurt him, I was like, ah, it's just Latavius. But clearly, everybody's getting some love here. No, I would agree with that. So, no, I just I figured I had to throw it out since it's a run first team and they had three different guys score touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson, you mentioned him earlier. There's another name. Uh, I mean, it's still Harris's show here, but it was the best game he's had of his NFL career. Not that it was great, but he did find the end zone as a runner. He's getting more involved in that passing game. I mean, we know they need somebody in that capacity. So, Rashad Penny, the final name I had marked at running back. And I know people laugh when I even say it, but he did come. He is slated to come off injured reserve. We just talked about Alex Collins getting dinged up. Carson's already there. This guy is a first round pick and it's a team headed to nowhere. This is his, you know, is, can he stay healthy is really the question mark. If he stays healthy, he's going to get a good look and hard run these next three to four weeks here, James. He should. And for his sake, I'd like to see him get it with Wilson back under center later in the year. If that happens, I mean, I'm just assuming there's a chance if they can continue to flounder, maybe they didn't go back. They don't go back to him, but you're right. I mean, and again, you talk about that pedigree, man, former first round pick. Chris Carson was a later round pick. Who's just a bull in a China shop and has owned that backfield. Cause he's been able to stay somewhat healthy. <laughs> Dude, and move the football. I, I've been doing radio and shit with you for over a decade. I've never heard you use that uh, euphemism before. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of how he is. He's always run very out of control and uh, not out of control. I mean, right. Like it's he's obviously good. continuing the ball. I'm but. just, I'm just uh, laughing. Uh, all right. So I think we've plowed our way through running back. What's uh, what's, is anything at receiver? I mean, clearly uh, a lot of more depth at this position. You mentioned Jarvis Landry. I know in some leagues he's out there. Uh, he'd been dropped, you know, leagues without IRs. I mean, certainly somebody we expect to, to come into some sort of role. Um, Jerry Judy, I doubt that. I mean, maybe, again, if it's a league without an IR and shallow, you know, benches, you know, he could have been cut. But those those are probably epiphanies. I would say... Uh, you got to go a little bit deeper than that. And a guy out there, James, in a lot of leagues, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. I mean, 5%, I was looking at it. One uh, waiver uh, fab report earlier did come back last week. Wasn't really a eye-popping thing, but it was interesting. His return also was the first game that Sammy Watkins didn't play because of injury, and we know how often those occur. Yeah, and here's the deal with Bateman. We talked about it last week. Uh, you know, that he was coming back. Maybe you keep an eye on him. You'd spend like 1%, see what he does. Maybe it's a hair larger than that now. I will say this. I think he had four catches on six targets. You can't you can't glean too much from that Ravens offensive performance. It was kind of what I was getting at with the running backs too, is they dominated the Chargers in such a fashion that they were probably able to do things that they didn't have to do to win the football game. And that's maybe see what Bateman's got, see what Lev Bell's got. So I agree, though. Bateman was a first-round pick. He's definitely a guy I would have my eyes on. Um, I think it depends on the kind of league you're in. And I think you mentioned Landry. It's a point to make is keep an eye on – if you're in a league, especially with 
people who don't know how to use the IR or people who don't have an IR available, then sometimes people will drop a player that we might not mention because their ownership would be higher than the, the expectation for this segment. But at the same time, don't be afraid to look on your waiver wire, click on, you know, percent rostered and just see if there's a high name, high value player there, uh, like a Jarvis Landry coming off IR. Uh, to that point, um, I don't look, I don't love anything to do with the Detroit passing game, but a guy I offered up as a sleeper last week on our show was Amon Ross St. Brown. He had five catches. If you're in a PPR league, the Lions stink. They have no one to throw the ball to. He didn't do anything until the fourth quarter, but if you're desperately looking for like a wide receiver three with six teams on by, he's going to get targets because, you know, it's yeah. just it's just how this team works. Sterling Shepard, another name I've seen out there in some leagues. There that, you go. Uh, Big bounce back even in a bad week for the Giants. And now we see that that's looking like an extended week absence for, unfortunately, just as he was starting to get going uh, in the offense. The uh, I'm drawing total blank. Kadarius Tony. Uh, I would say Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton. Keep on going. It's, yeah, there's so many Giants. That's why I was I, I was tr- going to run through all the lists, but I got uh, crossed up there in my thoughts. Uh, at the end of the day, I definitely think those are the big names. If you need to go a little deeper, I like what you're saying with Amon St. Brown. Definitely, you were talking it up last week, and certainly fits the bill again here. Uh, I think Donovan People Jones, as long as mm-hmm. we're on Browns. I mean, this guy's seemingly sort of taking a step forward here a little bit lately. One uh, of the scores was a was a hail mary, though. To, off I the get it, line. I get it. But again, with back, he still had another hurt, one afterwards. Yeah, and some of these other things. I mean, certainly a guy to uh, explore. I would say for sure there. Before we get into some QB streamers and defensive streamers, uh, we do need to tell you about the fun going on at Thrive Fantasy, the $50,000 guaranteed contest for week seven. It's $20 to enter for first place. Takes home ten grand if you take it all down. And with Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. There's a uh, and, and this week, like every week of the season, we're offering a great deal, a hundred percent instant deposit bonus match up to a hundred dollars plus a free entry in a Sunday's $50,000 contest. When you sign up with the promo code fantastics at thrivefantasy.com and stick around because later in the podcast, James and I will offer up some thrive fantasy props. We've each got a few and updates you on that there. But, uh, before we move along for what's ahead this week, James, we got to finish up the waiver wire and, Let's look at some quarterback streamers. Uh, you know, obviously, in the waiver wire there, a lot of times it is a week-to-week proposition. And, uh, you know, I've been hitting it. There is only a couple leagues where I'm actually having to stream this year, to be honest, because, you know, it was sort of a philosophy of mine going in. I didn't want to have to be a streamer as much, especially if the value fell. But uh, any quarterbacks jumping off the charts? Last week for me, it was Daniel Jones in some leagues. And, uh, that did not work out, but uh, he's a name that this week, with the matchup against Carolina, it's becoming more apparent they're not as good of a team as we saw the first three weeks based off that schedule. He's on my list again this week, James. I've got to go Tua. I mean, that's got to be the guy to pick up. I know that there was some, you know, some hesitation with how he looked early in the year before he went on the IR. And then I know it wasn't exactly a juggernaut in the Jaguars defense that he lit up a little bit in Miami, but he should have another opportunity when it, or in Miami and ja- Jacksonville and in, in London, excuse me, get all my cities confused. But instead, too, has got Atlanta this week who has not been great. Like Zach Wilson put a little bit of numbers up on the board against him. So two is going to be the guy I'm looking at if you're digging deep. Um, 
and then again, like it, it depends on ownership in, in the in the leagues you're in. But two is the name that kind of stands out to me. Um, he's yeah. my guy this week. Yeah, two definitely is a guy I can get behind for sure. Uh, and you know, he's probably as I look at it, I, I might even like him over Daniel Jones with all the injuries and stuff. I think Derek Carr is interesting versus Philadelphia. We saw mm-hmm. that the uh, Raiders had had a little bit of fight in him post John Gruden, so that was good. The tight end streamers, I mean, I talked about Ricky Seals-Jones. I think Mo Alley-Cox is another guy in there. I mean, 16 total targets, seven of those in the red zone on the season. Four have come in the end zone, and uh, we saw him get a touchdown last week. So it is, if nothing else, he's emerging as a, a serious red zone threat for an offense, a passing offense in particular, I think is ascending right now. Uh, I'll agree with him. What about Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper, two guys that I can't say I love, that I've tried to have – fantasy yeah. love for and it has happened but i'm talking about who's left in those offenses ingram hooper who else is left if, if, if landry doesn't come back yeah, in those even the joku is dealing with an injury now yeah so. so i think just strictly volume plays for those two this week i can get behind that i, I don't like him better than the names i threw out but i, I don't love streaming them. defenses uh the niners is a defense i tried to hold on to but now i don't even think it's as good against the colts for the reason i said i actually like the saints a lot coming off the bye um, you know, they've had already two top five finishes this season in fantasy weeks. And now they get a Geno Smith offense and as great as it, you know, everybody's rallying around Geno. Geno's making turnovers, dude. Two turn, two weeks in a row, turnovers of his cost him the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, probably the tops my list. I don't know there's a great bunch of streaming options, but if you want to check out Las Vegas, they're barely uh, rostered anywhere. They I like get Las Philly. Vegas, too. I'd rip them down for the Yeah, Hurts, Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback. He's a well, bad they, NFL quarterback. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater last week, they picked him off three times. They sacked him five times. They're putting up those measurables I like in defenses. They can get to the quarterback. They absolutely can get to the quarterback, which may or may not be a problem against Philly because that could flush Hurts and get him some rushing yards. But I think they're a good streamer if you're desperate and – I mean, Kansas City's turned the ball over a lot. A Tennessee defense is not good, but if you don't get penalized for points, yeah. they might make some plays. They're not going to be as amped up as they were Monday night. I don't That's know. a fact. That's a fact. I don't know. That is the highest total of the week, and transition us perfectly, James. Perfect Thank transition you. right into our first glance at the Week 7 slate. and It's a, a little bit stripped down when you're missing six teams. That's three less games than normal. We still have a Thursday night game. Thank goodness the London games are over. So Thursday night is Cleveland at Denver. And if there was ever a case for how bad it sucks for a team on a short week, the Browns are making it here. But nonetheless, a three-point favorite in this contest. The 42-and-a-half total for Thursday night football is actually tied with the Jets and Patriots for the lowest-scoring projected game of the week. So keep that in mind on fantasy. And on the other side of it, Will Javante Williams ever get separation from Melvin Gordon? No. It's going to happen, James. It's going to happen. They put uh, up the same stat line this week, didn't I they? I understand. But as, <laughs> as they fall further out of it and later in the year, it will happen. Uh, and honestly, I think if a team came, we got uh, still three weeks before the trade deadline. If Denver loses this game and the one the following week, and just doing a good look at the standings, I've read some some rumblings on Twitter, and I think it makes logic. Why not shop Melvin Gordon? He's done at the end of the year, right? Contract ends. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you I could get a third-round draft pick from him from a team that is just struggling for a running back because of injury or whatever, I mean, where would he? where would be a good trade landing spot for Melvin Gordon? 
I mean, Baltimore has been the answer for everybody. I don't know that they would do it in division, but Kansas City, if they're still struggling uh, at running back, because Williams scored two touchdowns and put up a good fantasy total. But yeah, they probably wasn't. they probably wouldn't want to do it in division. But he's a free agent at the end of the season anyway. Yeah, so if they're giving up on the year, it doesn't hurt them. That's something that that's something that should be forgotten for a lot of teams. So those two places make sense. I mean, I'm sure there's other places where he could land and it would make sense. You don't think about it because so many teams run two two running backs now. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe there's more to the injuries in Cleveland where all of a sudden he makes sense. Maybe it's someplace we're not thinking about. San Francisco? Yeah, it has to be a team in the playoff hunt to give up capital for, you know, renting. Correct. So, you know, I guess that's part of it. I mean, San Francisco could make sense, although I don't think Gordon would necessarily fit well in Shanahan's system. Probably true. But... Something to keep our eyes on. But the rest of the slate is pretty stripped down, as I said. And you really see it at the 1 o'clock games because there's, I think, just five of them. Or six of them. Excuse me. Six of them, including perhaps the game of the week, James, between our hometown Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. And you're not speaking hyperbole. You're not messing with me. You're being honest. This is the game of the week. First place in the AFC North is on the line. Uh, One of the top playoff seeds in the AFC is on the line right now. Uh, the Ravens the Bang- smoked Joe Burrow in this game as a rookie. That was that was the a line ago. is six and a half. The mm-hmm. total is forty seven and a half or forty eight at some spot. So we're expecting some scoring. The Ravens by a touchdown. I don't know. I think the Bengals can hang in there. I think there'll be a touchdown or less decide in this contest. I mean, my heart says the Bengals are going to win by a million. My brain says that the Ravens are going to win and. Maybe aside from last week's butt kicking, they've been cl- in close in every yep. game this season, even where the Bears had them. The Bengals made a stellar comeback. I still would, if you're t- I'm looking at six, I'm talking six about the Ravens, like the Ravens. Oh, you're well, you're correct about that, yes, because most of them were comebacks, right? Yeah, they had big time comebacks. That's what I'm teams. saying. Like, do you take away, and then there's, I don't mean to minimize it because it was a flat out butt kicking by to a serious contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not minimizing it, but. Outside of that, every game they played is close, and now you're suddenly getting a touchdown? The Bengals have only lost two games all season. Both of them been by a field goal. I mean, I, I, I'm with you, but I still feel like I'd give the six. It so. comes down to Joe Mixon, I think, if the Bengals have a chance, really, in this game. And I the, think it's the Bengals' defense being able to yeah. contain, not, the not turnover, corral. The contain. turnover battle will be big. Yeah. We've got Carolina at the Giants. Saquon Barkley versus Christian McCaffrey. Two of the top. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, that's what I wrote in the preseason, James. Uh, let me, let me <laughs> well, I'm salty it. with Carolina anyway, so we don't have to talk <laughs> about this since they blew my parlay. The Washington football team at Green Bay. That seems like a blowout. Does Aaron Rodgers own the football team? If, if he does, can he give him a new name so we can call him something besides the football team? A, I kind of like the football team. B, I hate Aaron Rodgers with a passion. So I hope he does The only reason you like the football team, it's the soccer fan in you. Maybe. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's different. It's unique. The line's nine, so the betters aren't really liking the football team. Nor can I blame them. I mean, the Packers are on a roll. Uh, I I certainly see no difference in what we've seen from Washington so far. Their defense is loaded with talent. At least that's what we thought. But Kansas City at Tennessee, it will be the highest scoring game of the week in all likelihood. And Derrick Henry will probably run for 450 touchdowns. I like the sound of that. We get Cordero Patterson back uh, from his bye week as Atlanta plays Miami. And Miami went from being a three-point favorite when it opened up like 10 days ago. Now they're a a two-and-a-half-point dog. After they lost to Jacksonville, and they don't even get a buy, their their choice. They chose not to take a buy coming out of London. Six teams on a buy this week. One of them is not 
the team making the trip back from Europe here. I don't know, James. Uh, that one's tough for me to figure out. I do like Tua, as you said, as a streamer from betting it. It's like, man, these are two bad football teams. I like the Falcons in that one. Yeah, the Jets and the Patriots. That is a snooze fest, 42 and a half total. So Patriots win that one. What about the Rams and Lions? I would think that that's a pretty, pretty uh, foregone conclusion. But Jared Goff was called out by his coach. He is most certainly, you would think, wanting to show the old team that he could have helped them be a contender the way they are this week or this year, it's, rather. Is it a revenge game for Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? It would be golf because Stafford was happy to leave. Golf was not. His <laughs> golf got dealt to Detroit. Yeah, we he left a team that was was just at the Super Bowl, headed back to the Super Bowl hey, potentially. I'm a little bit of a Lions fan today because uh, I made a wager with my buddy Doug at work. He's from Detroit uh, on the game this week, and I even gave him the points. And I uh, got to enjoy some Pee Wee's Place today, James. Mm, beautiful, mm, yummy. Uh, I do think that the Rams are going to cover that fourteen and a half. Yeah, I think they'll smoke them pretty yeah. good here. Uh, I mean, I'm not loving the spread, but I definitely think it's double digits. And I won't, I won't be, I won't be using that. Though. I would I not I don't be like surprised to though to see uh, Jarek Goff just completely knocked out of this game with like a concussion or something. Like he's getting hurt thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what to say to that. I hope you're wrong. But that's one of four. Uh, late afternoon games. We got Philly at Vegas. We talked a little bit about that. Chicago at Tampa Bay, another big spread. Arizona hosting Houston, which will be the blowout of the week. And James, in Survivor this week, you've got Arizona, 16.5 point favorite. Tampa Bay, 13.5 point favorite. We got a 14.5 point favorite with the Rams. Mm-hmm. That is the, f- I mean, as somebody that looks at this stuff regularly, to get three teams that are over 13 points to choose from is pretty crazy there. And the Packers at home with a big spread, too. Yeah, the Packers are probably get to double digits as the week continues here versus Washington. The primetime games, Indianapolis at San Fran on Sunday night. The Niners laying three and a half there, just daring you to take the Colts. And uh, New Orleans at Seattle. And, of course, Seattle once again in the limelight from a Thursday night game to a Sunday night game and to a Monday night game in three straight weeks here and most of it without Russell Wilson. The limelight and the lime green, my vomit will be lime colored after watching him play three <laughs> primetime games in a row. And, dude, I know we didn't want to jinx it, but, uh, gosh, my DK Metcalf and Ty- – I don't I don't have as many Tyler Lockett shares except in best ball, but the few high places I got DK Metcalf, this Geno Smith injury is getting worse by the week. Yeah, I don't know. I want to see it happen again. The problem is the Saints are, have been a pretty good defense. I know. I don't think weeks, it's not going to change weeks. this week, dude. Yeah, the total's forty three on that game, and I think I'm liking the under. It started at forty three and a half. It's trickling down. Is there baseball on Monday? <laughs> Depends on I, how. If these I said go. that, it's a problem. Yeah, maybe there'll be a golf playoff for you, James. Golf's in Japan this week, oh. so I can't even get my Vegas late golf fix in these bad four o'clock <laughs> games. It'll be over Saturday night, Sunday morning. All right. Let's wrap it up with our first look at that Thrive Fantasy contest we told you about. Thrive Fantasy, not only are they a sponsor here of the podcast and our radio show on Sirius XM, they are also our official props provider for player props all season at Fantastics and InsiderFootball.com. We got a great deal going on with them. You just got to use our promo code, which is Fantastics at Thrive Fantasy. You go over there. You get 100% deposit bonus match up to $100 plus a free entry. 
into their Sunday big contest. That's a $50,000 contest with a $10,000 first prize. Just use the promo code FANTISTICS. And James, uh, last week you maintained your lead on me, my friend, as we're looking back at uh, our picks last week. Neither of us did all that great, honestly. Uh, To be honest, uh, counting our ice picks, I hit two of the four. You hit only one of your four. But just didn't need my ice pick. Neither of us used the ice pick, and that was my best scoring game on the over 61 and a half on Joe Mixon. But I got 85 points for my rushing touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. You got 90 points for your over 80 and a half total yards for Najee Harris. And that left us with a bunch of losers on the rest of them. But you made I didn't, t- I didn't cash on the 10 picks either. I made two lineups and neither one to cash. So yeah. it, it continued throughout. Yeah, so way to go there. But the good news is. <laughs> Is you're up 385 to 340 now as we enter week seven. And that gives you, my friend, the first pick, as always, on your prop here for this week's action. I don't know if it's the easiest pick. It's the easiest pick to make because I'm getting plus points on this. Derrick Henry, 115.5 total rushing yards. That's a huge number, but Derrick Henry is unreal. They're playing the Chiefs. So you're going over? Yeah, give me the over at 110. That it's, seems dude, like betting under on Derrick Henry is like I'd rather hit my head against a brick wall. I mean, it's I, just it'd be like hitting your head against Derrick Henry. Over the 115 total yards. Definitely. I, I mean, I, if I was going to bet that, I would certainly go the same direction, but that is a little rich for my blood. So, I didn't have that one on my list. So, that's a good thing. I'm going to go with what I think's a pretty chalky one myself, James. And I'm going Leonard Fournette over 60 and a half rushing yards. It's a hundred points. Either way you go on this one at thrive and uh, dude, he's just taken over. He has. And I, I talked about it on our serious show. I mean, of the things I got wrong, like to think that he, the, the John Ronald Jones was a part of this committee equally. Cause <laughs> we saw in the playoffs Fournette uh, really carried this team and it's done the same. And I like this prop bet of 60 and a half for one Chicago's allowed six running backs to hit this mark versus them through six weeks of the season. Fournette now has hit the mark in three straight contests. During that span, he's averaging 18 attempts per game. And more important than anything, when I look at prop bets, James, is my expected game flow. And based off the spread we talked about, it's going to suggest plenty of running game uh, in that fourth quarter. So Lenny Fournette, 16 and a half, lock it in. That's my first pick. Back to you, my friend. So as I set a lineup here, I'm going to go ahead and use that one. And what I'm going to do is a correlation play with it. And It's been really good for Tom Brady, but Chicago really slowed the game down against Aaron Rodgers, even though Rodgers owns them. He only threw for 195 yards in that dominating performance. Tom Brady, 312 and a half total pass yards. I'll take a slight uh, deficit in the mid-range there, the midline. I'll go under. It's 95 points. I think if Fournette goes over those 60, which he probably does, Tom Brady, unless it's dump-offs, shouldn't have to against Chicago. You snaked one of mine, dude. You did because I, oh, I was I was eyeing the correlation play on my next pick. So that was that was a nice pick and a nice chess play for you. And I had written a couple notes to add on to why you like him. I mean, Brady's failed to break three hundred passing yards in three of his six games this season. The Bears haven't allowed a QB to hit the mark since Week One. That's the only time the season happened. It was Matthew Stafford, and as you said, thirteen point favorite. The whole game flow thing we were just talking about. So. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. I liked it a lot, dude. You stole it from me, man. <laughs> well, let's both cash on it, bro. Yeah, yeah. So now it has no chance of hitting, Because, by the way, because we, <laughs> we both had it on our board. I'll stick to one of my other unders, though. And, and this one might be surprising. It's 105 points. It's a little risky. But, I, dude, I'm down. I, I can't make up ground here. I got to start shaking things that aren't, you know, 
have a little risk to him. But I like Lamar Jackson under the half a rushing touchdown versus the Bengals. Hmm. And that one, you know, it's when I first thought of it, I was like, oh, you know, I did some research on it because I was like, I'd hate to go against a rushing touchdown with Lamar Jackson against the Bengals. But Jackson has gone without a rushing touchdown in five of his six contests this season. Only two rushing touchdowns in his sixth career game versus the Bengals. And I believe this is the best Bengals defense he's ever going to play. In fact, Cincinnati's only allowed one rushing touchdown to quarterbacks all season through six games. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson clearly is a rushing quarterback like one they haven't seen yet this season. But all that plays there, James. And I like the 105 points. I'm going under. No rushing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson this week. I'm going to reach here a little bit. I'm going to reach for some points. I'm going for 125 points. I'm going Sterling Shepard, a half a total receiving touchdown. I'll go over. I'm basically going to make a last man standing play. I'm also going to look at what Kirk Cousins did to that Carolina defense. And not that I think Daniel Jones is Kirk Cousins, but it's a home game for the Giants. I think Shepard will see a lot of volume, just like he did straight off of the uh, the the injured, not IR, but you know, missing time last week. So Shepard got right back into the mix. There's no Tony, probably no uh, the rest of everybody. So I'll take a chance that he scores on one of his million targets I expect him to get, and I'll take the over a half a touchdown for 125 points. Sterling Shepard on the over for James there. I'll make my third pick, and I'm going to go Robert Woods under five and a half catches versus Detroit. Again, looking for a little umph here. He's 105 points. The unders, uh, the underdog in this instance, but barely. But, I mean, we know he got that one big game where he had the monster target volume. That was just once all season. The other games, he failed to get to this five and a half catches. So, Yet to the fact, I know eight receivers have, have six plus catches versus Detroit, but they're getting healthy on D. And if Detroit, the reason they've had all those receivers have big games because Detroit actually got out and got leads. I don't think it's happening versus the Rams. I think this is a butt mm-hmm. kicking like the Lions had last week to the Bengals, and maybe even worse. The Rams are favored by fourteen and a half. Woods isn't going to get the volume to get to six catches here. I'm going under on the Rams wide out. I can get behind that one. Uh, I believe it's time for my ice pick now. Yes. I kind of like this one as much as any of the other three. It's kind of a correlation play, too, with my Derrick Henry over the rushing total, and that's Patrick Mahomes going over the passing total. And it's not like a normal rushing control the ball kind of thing. Derrick Henry will will control the ball, but not for for long. Mahomes is going to have to keep pace. I don't think that they're going to run the ball that great. They didn't heck with Williams already last week. So Mahomes will have to get the job done in a high total. That should mean a lot of passing yards. I'll take the chance at over 310.5 total passing yards, 95 points. And I'm going to take a correlation play to your ice pick with my ice pick and go Travis Kelsey over 86.5 receiving yards versus Tennessee. It's a flat-out even 100 points either way. And Tennessee hasn't allowed a TD to go over 65 yards all year. But, dude, they haven't faced a TD, the tight end that's even remotely a tight end one in fantasy. So, Kelsey, easily the best matchup. He's broke this mark in three of his five. As I mentioned, the highest total of the week at 56 and a half. And like you just said, Mahomes is going to be chucking it out. Kelsey's just one of his favorite targets. So, there are our picks. Make your own over at Thrive Fantasy. Just use that promo code FANTISTICS. Get the hook up there. And... Definitely, uh, if you got some questions, hit us up on Twitter at Fantistics, at Dan Claskins, at James Adams 94. Stick around Saturdays all season long. You can get us insiderfootball.com with the Fantistics show there. This week, I'll be out. I'm heading to Keeneland. So uh, our guy Skeeter Robinson will be with James. They'll get you set up, and we'll be back here next week, every Tuesday of the season. So subscribe wherever you listen. 
Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, InsiderFootball.com anytime. James, always lots of fun. Good luck on the waiver wire. Good luck in your games here in week seven, unless we're playing in one of our leagues. I don't, then obviously I, I want you to lose. Right back at you and who day, baby. All right. Until next time, for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. We'll see you here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.